Good morning. Welcome to the Unitarian Church of Edmonton. My name is Cadence, and the youth will be your service leaders today. We hope you feel welcome here. The UCE is a liberal, multi-generational religious community. We celebrate a rich mosaic of free-thinking, spiritually-questioning individuals joined in common support and action. We welcome diversity, including diversity of beliefs. We believe that the compassion of the human heart, the warmth of the community, and pursuit of justice, and the search of meaning in our lives. We gather here today on traditional Cree lands that are now part of Treaty 6 and shared by many nations. May we be good neighbors to one another, good stewards to the planet, and good ancestors to all our children. If you are new here, we invite you to stay for coffee hour to get to know us. If you have not already done so, please visit our welcoming desk outside the store. They have lots of useful information to share. And so, as we begin this special hour together, I invite you to quiet your electronic devices so that we may all enjoy the service fully. We begin the time of contemplation with music as we listen to our our prelude, Love Train.
tell us to celebrate the inherent worth and dignity of every person, to reaffirm the historic pledge of liberal religion, to seek that justice which transcends mere legality and moves us towards the resolution of true equality, and to share that love which is ultimately beyond even our cherished reason, that love which unites us. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for coming to our Pride service today. It's lovely to have you with us. And I have been given the honor of reading a story appropriate to today, we hope. Let me get out of the way. A story called Morris the Moose. And if you look at the bottom of the page, you'll see that it was both written and illustrated by our own Director of Religious Exploration, Will Adair, who, along with David, also decorated the sanctuary this weekend. So and organize the potluck, and organize the kids. I actually think they're in the kitchen. (laughs) That's true. So the story is called Morris the Moose is Lonely. Morris is a very friendly moose, but he's different because he's blue. For this reason, all the other moose would not be his friends. So one day, Morris decided to go off in search of a new friend all on his own. The first animal to cross his path was Paula the porcupine. Rather excitedly, Morris said, Hi, I'm Morris. Would you like to be my friend? Startled, Paula began to saunter off but then turned and asked, Do you have quills to protect yourself like me? Morris shook his head and replied, "Um, No, no, I don't have quills. Paula sighed, I'm sorry, I can only be friends with those who have quills like me. Besides, you're blue, and that will never do. A little shocked, Morris decided to carry on to the next animal he sees is Larry the mountain lion. Again, Morris asks, Hi, I'm Morris. Would you like to be my friend? A little less excitedly this time. 
Larry turned quickly and said, Do you have sharp claws to climb trees like me? Again, Morris had to shake his head and say, No, I don't. I have hooves. With a smile, Larry stated, All my friends have claws. Besides, you're blue and that will never do. Jumping, and then he jumped into the nearest tree. A little shaken, Morris carried on. The third animal he came to was Eddie the Eagle. Hi, my name is Morris. Would you like to be my friend? Morris said, trying to be friendly. Turning his head to look at Morris with one of his eyes, Eddie asked, Do you have wings to soar? Again, Morris had to shake his head and say, No, I don't have wings. Looking up, Eddie said, Sorry, all of my friends have wings. Besides, you are blue, and that will never do. Thinking this might be a mistake, Morris pushed on, spotting Betty the beaver. Quietly, he asked, Hi, I'm Morris. Would you like to be my friend? Swimming up, Betty asked, Do you have a big tail to slap on the water? And again, Morris had to answer, No, mine is small. Swimming off, Betty said, mm, I'm, I'm really sorry. All my friends have big tails. Besides, you're blue, and that'll never do. Not giving up, not giving up, Morris decided to have one more try. And trudging along, he spotted Henry the Hare. Hi, I'm Morris. Would you like to be my friend? Hopping all around Morris, Henry asked, Do you hop really fast? And again, Morris had to shake his head. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I walk slowly. With a quick chuckle, Henry said, All my friends have to hop really fast to keep up. Besides, you're blue, and that'll never do. Then he hopped quickly away. <sighs> Deciding to give up, Morris turned to go home. With his head down, he turned, not paying attention, but all of a sudden there was a crash, and he ran into something. Dazed, he looked up and saw the strangest sight he had ever seen. They looked at each other for over a minute, and they said at the exact same time, Would you like to be my friend? Laughing, they each said, Yes! For there in front of him was another moose, though not like any other moose. It was Mark, and he was purple. And now they're in the room. So now you can applaud again for <laughs> And that is the story of Morris the Moose. Hi, I'm Elora. So now we will do Sharing Our Abundance. Our community is entirely self-governing and self-supporting. One of the privileges of our free church tradition is to provide all of the financial support for our many ministries from among ourselves. 
Generosity, therefore, is one of our spiritual values we recognize as, as central to our personal uh, and, inst- and institutional well-being. In addition to supporting this church community, we also make a monthly commitment beyond our walls. One half of the, un- one half of the unidentified cash that is received is given to an outside organization. Some are local, some are national, and some are international. For the month of June, we are sharing our abundance with George Spady Center. You are invited to participate in the celebration of giving as the ushers accept the offering. If you like, you can use the envelopes found in the inside cover of the hymn book if you wish to receive a tax receipt for your gift. Please indicate on the envelope your contact information so we can send you a tax receipt at year end. Many of our friends and members give monthly or annually, annually through automatic withdrawal from their accounts. We thank you. While the ushers receive the offering, we will listen to Girls Like Girls by Haley Kyoko.
Please join me in receiving the offering by singing from you I receive as printed in your order of service. We thank you for your generosity and support. Please join me in responsive reading. Today, Pride Day, we affirm with joy that we are proud. We are proud to be lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans, queer, and questioning. We are proud to have survived and thrived despite the challenges to our dignity, well-being, and sometimes even our lives. We are proud to be heterosexual and cisgender allies. We are proud to live and work in solidarity with our LGBTQ friends and family. Together we build the love of We and those we love have been judged, mistreated, assaulted. But we are here and we are proud. We and those we love have been stereotyped and have faced discrimination. But we are here and we are proud. We have seen those we love beaten to death and gunned down. But we are here and we are proud. We are together and we are proud. And together we build the beloved community. Watch as it grows among us even now. Now we will hear I Am What I Am, performed by RuPaul's All Stars 2 cast. I am what I am. I am my own special creation. So come take a look. Give me the hook or the ovation. It's my world that I want to have a little pride in. My world, and it's not a place I have to hide in life's not worth a damn till you can say, hey world, I am what I am. I am what I am. I don't want praise. I don't need pity. I bang my own drum. Some think it's noise. Well, I think it's pretty And so what If I love each feather and each spangle Why not try to see life from a different angle Your life is a sham Till you can shout out loud I am what I am I 
take some time to recognize the joys and sorrows that touch our lives. In the ritual practices by many Unitarian Universalist communities, we light candles to mark these specific moments in our lives. I invite everyone who wishes to do so to come forward and light a candle for whatever is on your minds and hearts today. Like love is the 
was awesome. I don't know. Does everybody cry? I apologize. Guys. <laughs> this song with kids singing it is like. Guys. I want to hear what you say. I think oh, you might want to also. You guys brought me to tears. Thank you so, so much. That was really, really special. <laughs> <laughs> your, voices, your voices are so good. How old are you all? Sound like I'm like I'm being over the top, but this was one of the, my favorite days of my life. It really, really, Whoa. Was. It really was. <laughs> yeah. May we carry the joys and concerns represented in, in these tiny lights in our hearts, and they express that we care deeply and are not alone. I'm so proud of all you guys right now. My name is Erica Deneve, and I have the privilege of being one of the co-leaders of the youth group who are putting on our service so brilliantly this morning. When the youth group talked back in April about the Pride Parade getting cancelled, we quickly decided that a Pride-centered service in June was something we had to do. Many people in our congregation, including within our youth group, self-identify as LGBTQAA++++ <laughs> and feel happily welcomed in our church. But our conversations around diversity and pride are not really about where we feel comfortable, but where we are still vulnerable. Indeed, that idea was at the heart of the conflict that led to the cancellation of the Pride Festival. I was going to talk at this point about how such tremendous progress has been made in LGBTQ rights here in Canada. But it doesn't really feel that way this year. Even if we could ignore the frightening restrictions to personal freedoms happening in other countries, the fact is we are hearing more and more of that same rhetoric in our own country right now. The elections of Doug Ford and Jason Kenney have left many of us afraid not just for our safety, but for the very real possibility of losing the freedom to fully be and express who we are if that expression doesn't happen to fall into expected norms. But this is not meant to be a talk about fear. We may be afraid, but what we want to talk about is hope and respect and acceptance. Our children don't want to dwell in fear. And because they are both strong and courageous, they've chosen to act instead. They would like to tell you, in their own words, what being queer means to them and how you can not only support their journey, but the journey of every youth, child, and adult who self-identifies as something other than cisgendered and or heterosexual. Are you starting, Lily? Okay, so I'm going to share my coming out story. My name is Elora, and my pronouns are she, her. So the first day of grade nine was a very interesting day. Kind of a scary day, but the one part that I remember the most about it was going into our new math teacher's classroom for the first time, and... We played a game. We all sat in a big circle and played a game where we had a piece of paper. We wrote down one thing no one knew about us, something we did over the summer, and something we were looking forward to this year. And I wrote down a few things. 
and including that I was bisexual. And then we all crumpled our papers and had a snowball fight. And then we picked up a random piece of paper from the ground and we would go one at a time reading it out. And what I had not known was that we had to play the pointing fingers game. So we had to guess whose paper was whose. They say it would be anonymous, so I was like, oh, it'll be fine. No one will know. But turns out I was wrong. So the bell was just about to ring, and we had gotten almost entirely through the circle, and I was like, oh, my God, no one's read my paper yet. We're almost there. It's okay. You're going to be fine. No one's going to read it. And then someone read my paper, and I was like, darn it. And someone guessed me, and they were correct. And I was like, yeah. And I surprisingly got a round of applause, which I was not expecting, but felt very happy that people were very were so accepting of me. So, yeah, that was my coming out story. Hi, my name's Ayla, and I identify as a gay non-binary person, and my pronouns are they, them. Now, I was going to share a coming out story, but I've decided to share something else. This year, I met a girl on a ski trip, my school. She, she told me she was very depressed because her parents were not accepting of the fact that she was gender fluid and abusing her. I quickly became friends with this girl and eventually I fell in love. But then I realized that a week later she was missing from school and she had attempted suicide because her parents couldn't love her. To all those people out there who don't love their kids for being who they are, what is wrong with you? You can't know. I want Alex's story to be an example to people that you should just does not matter who you are. And Alex, whether or not you're alive or not, just know that I will always love you and you will always have a place in my heart. My name is Liliana and I identify as pansexual. And I, all my coming out stories are pretty, um, uneventful, they're very boring, but I'm going to focus on what it felt like to build up to that. I, I always feel very nervous, um, very scared about what's going to happen because all, my parents didn't care and that should have been a good thing, but when I noticed that most of all of my friends' parents are very homophobic and they're very, very against the LGBTQ community. I was very nervous to even talk to them for a while before they knew that that um, I was pansexual, and I was super scared for losing friends because that's something I never wanted to go through. But and so I didn't tell most of my friends till about December, even though I knew them since the first day of school. And surprisingly, most of them accepted me, and most of them were very proud of me, and I was very scared, though, and I was 
very worried that they wouldn't accept me because of how they were raised. And I'm so thankful that they didn't and that they, they, they still love me because I would be very lonely. And I was so scared that I was going to be very lonely and sad for my entire life because of how my friends were raised and how I... And how I imagined everything would happen because of my bad mood. I'm so thankful that they that they still love me because I would be in a very bad place if they didn't. I'm Nakai. I identify um, as, <laughs> as she, her. So I came out. <laughs> I came out as bi. Um, like a couple of years ago, my friend Melody was like, hey, do you know, like, it's National Coming Out Day today? And I was like, I had no idea that was a thing. <laughs> so um, I got in the car, and I was like, um, this is when I still lived in Duke, so I was had, like, a good 45 minutes to talk to my mom. And I was like, Mom, I think I'm bi. And um, she was like, oh, okay, thank you for sharing that. <laughs> And since then, I've kind of gone back and forth because I don't really know. And it's hard because um, it's really scary being um, black as well in the in that community. It's hard to identify as something other than straight because you don't really know what you're going to get. And my dad is not super supportive of um, the LGBTQ community. So I've just been kind of figuring things out. And I'm still working, and I don't know what I am right now. But um, I hope that I figure it out soon. (laughs) Um, I'm Cadence. I identify as she, her. And I... I'm not going to get into my sexuality that much, but I am going to bring up an anonymous person that I will not mention because, for their sake, because this is a very sensitive topic for them. So my friend, she, um, she was born a girl, yes, but um, this year she, and I'm, there is a reason I'm calling her she, she was identifying as a male which was completely okay. And obviously, I, me and her friends were supportive. She has now transitioned back to a female. That's why I'm calling her she. But um, during that time, it was very rough for her. Um, she came to school, and everybody called her her birth name. And then slowly, she got to tell me and my best friend what her pronouns were, and what she referred to be called. But my class didn't really respect the decision she made, and neither did her parents. Her parents sent her, when she identified as male, to a conversion camp. And this was a very rough time for her, but when she tells us this, she says she was sent to a gay conversion camp for being trans. Her parents don't care that she is gay, but they care that she was trans, and so they sent her to a gay conversion camp. That affected her life seriously. And what was worse was when she identified 
is what she identified as. Her parents, they would still call her her birth name, or this is something she told me. Her, she has a cousin who, like, they, her parents at family dinners and stuff, she's pretty much a slave in their households. And when, this is extremely sad, when they set up a table for family dinners, they set out, they only put, let's say there are 13 people there, they only put 11 plates, for, and her and her cousin have to go find a place to sit because they're not accepted in their community. And this was a very rough time for her, and she didn't get the support she needed. And so there were a few times where things got really rough and she almost had no one there to support her. And I felt like I wasn't supporting her and that scared me. And so now she's happy now because she's changed back and she feels like herself. But I just wanted to share her story because it's really hard and I would never know what it's like. And I want everybody to understand that it's it's hard to live in a community where you're not accepted. Okay. Thank you guys so much for that. Those were all, like, wonderful stories. I'm going to try and end it on a good note here. So I'm Lily. I use she, her pronouns. And, you know, I'm a completely different person now than I was before when I came out when I was, like, 12. For one thing, I never thought I would cut my hair shoulder than shorter, right? In fact, I'm pretty sure that my current self, that my 12-year-old self would probably hate my current self. She would say that I have awful taste in music and fashion. She would call me gross for being interested in dentistry. She would glare at me for not shaving my legs. (laughs) She, She would probably be mad I don't have a boyfriend by now. And, you know... 12-year-old Lily had some pretty yikes opinions on the LGBTQ community. My past self would probably find my current self pretty annoying. And I have to say, I'm honestly okay with that. <laughs> I'm so, like, happy with the person that I am now, like, compared to who I was before. And honestly, like, a lot of you guys are in different places right now. But for me, I'm feeling really confident with myself. I've never been more confident in myself. And that is a part Like, that's in part because I'm really comfortable with my identity as a lesbian. And where was I? I'm very grateful for that because it took a long time to be comfortable with my identity. Uh, It was a long journey of questioning, trying out different labels, and pining over celebrities. (laughs) It was very confusing for me, especially because I'm still so young. Like, I've never even gone on a date. On top of that, I was still going to Laurier Heights at the time that I first came out, and I can count all of the people that are LGBTQ at that school on one hand. (laughs) Luckily, I had this community as well that I'm ever grateful for. It was you folks who played a big part in making me feel accepted and confident and, most of all, welcome. A lot of people here are such big inspirations to me just because they're out here living their best life. And I'm so glad that I got to be raised in such a wonderful community with you guys. That's it. (laughs) You may notice that when each youth finish their story, they are coming over to light a candle. One of the ideas that we had for this service was to follow off the idea of our newborn candle 
that we do every year for all the new babies that are born to wider members of the congregation. And so this is our rainbow candle. After the service is over, anyone who wants to come and add to it, we have colored candles of your choice to drip some wax onto our rainbow candle, and we are hoping that it will also become a tradition. But I also really wanted everybody here and in the wider community to know that if that doesn't feel right for you right now, if you're not ready yet, that's okay. Oh, you guys, you're so awesome. You make me weepy. Thank you for listening to these stories. Thank you for loving and accepting all of the diversity expressed here. Having this space where youth feel completely accepted and loved is so very important to them. But we would like to ask more of you than that. Because it's not enough for just us to feel safe. It's not enough that this oasis, nourishing as it may be, is only a small space of respite to in our larger community. Our Sunday services and this congregation are amazing. But we have a few short hours together once a week. What about all that other time? All those other people struggling with identity and acceptance. You may be thinking at this point that you already do a lot to support the queer community. And we want to stress that any action you have taken or are taking to be an ally is deeply appreciated. Having heard these stories today, you may have noticed a theme. Small actions, whether positive or negative, have made a huge impact in our stories. And while rallies and parades and petitions are very important, please continue doing those things, it's those small actions that we want to talk about as well. Because sometimes it's not possible to do the big things, whether it's issues of personal safety, time, energy, or even finances. Taking a larger action can often feel out of reach. But there are so many small things you can do in your daily lives to have an impact. You heard the youth give their preferred pronouns when they were telling their stories. Being addressed and referred to by one's preferred pronouns is identity affirming. But it's not a daily practice for most people. You can change that. Even if you identify as straight and cisgendered, you can still add your preferred pronouns when introducing yourself to new people and then ask them theirs. You can even add them as a note in your tagline in emails. The goal is to make the question normal, to challenge the assumption that there are only a limited number of acceptable expressions of gender and identity. And while we're talking about challenging assumptions, here's another thing you can do out in the world. We may not always feel safe enough to actively confront someone who's being discriminatory, but we can make it awkward. The Make It Awkward campaign was started right here in our city as a way to combat racism, but it works equally well for addressing LGBTQ discrimination. The idea is simple. You play dumb. When someone makes a discriminatory remark, you act like you don't understand. Ask them for clarification for more details. 
make them explain exactly what they mean in plain language. Most people are unwilling to be that overt about their discriminatory views. And your questions will let them know that their views are not okay. Finally, if you know someone who identifies as something other than straight and cisgender, treat them like a normal human. Don't tell your lesbian niece that her having a girlfriend is brave. Don't tell that gay couple you know how proud you are of them for adopting a child. And you can stop telling drag queens how fabulous they look all the time. They already know. <laughs> None of those folks are doing those things to be brave or revolutionary. They are just living their lives. Let them live them without the commentary. Because we are all just folks together. Now please join us in singing hymn number 1014, Standing on the Side of Love. Please stand if you are willing and able. Oh, and we will do just the first two verses. We will be entering a time of meditation. We will start with words of contemplation, then silence, followed by some music. Mattering by Mark Hicks. My father asked if I am gay. I asked, does it matter? He said, no, not really. I said, yes. He said, get out of my life. I guess it mattered. My friend asked, why do I talk about race so much? I asked, does it matter? He said, no, not really. I told him, yes. He said, you need to get that chip off your shoulder. I guess it mattered. My neighbor asked why I put that ramp up to my front door. I asked, 
Does it matter? He said. No, not really. I told him because it made my life easier. He said, is there a way to make it less obvious? I guess it mattered. A member of my church asked why I like gospel music. I asked, does it matter? She said, no, not really. I told her it connects me to my southern Christian childhood. She said, I think you're in denial about your oppression. I guess it mattered. My God asked me, do you love yourself? I said, does it matter? She said, yes. I said, how can I love myself? I am gay, Latino, disabled, and a Christian in a hostile climate. She said, that is the way I made you. Nothing will ever matter again. These words were originally written anonymously by a gay high school student and adapted by Mark Hicks. We will now begin our meditation. Do you think homosexuality is a sin? It's unnatural. I think that it's 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 detrimental and uh, ultimately destructive. I am not a stranger to the dark. Hide away, they say, because we don't want your broken parts. I've learned to be ashamed of all my scars. Run away, they say, no one will love you as you are. But I won't let them break me down to dust. I know that there's a place for love. I'm gay. <laughs> it feels so good to say You can't punch the gay out of me any more than I can punch the ignoramus out of you. I'm gay and um, Austin is too. anymore. 
I just want to be able to be me and not be afraid. I'm sick of censoring myself. But this is not something that I'm ashamed of, and it's not something that anyone should have to be ashamed of. This is Dave. <laughs> You are who you are, and you should love that person. him, I guess. I'm proud to have been asked to be part of this service, and if this next little bit sounds familiar, it's because it was my newsletter column this month, and I was asked to adapt it. Sometimes people can be so focused on the particular that we lose sight of the larger picture. It's not always a good thing. I spoke of this last month as well. I'm not sure exactly why the official Pride Week events were canceled. Like many of you, I've heard some of the stories, the official pronouncements, and the rumors that went underneath them. In the end, it just doesn't matter. I can't judge what happened. I simply don't have the facts. Official Pride events were canceled, and that makes me very sad. I am happy that some people managed to resurrect some of them and that our youth stepped up and said, we want to do something. Our congregation has been part of pride for a very long time. I remember pushing my eldest daughter in her rainbow beribboned stroller 15 years ago. The girls called it the rainbow parade for the longest time. Along with Audrey Brooks and our Coriolis Choir, I've sometimes been included in the Pride Interfaith Service. It was always an honor. I hope things come back more fully next year. More importantly, I hope that we remember that Pride is a celebration of diversity. Sure, there are always more issues to be resolved and there is always more work to do, but I don't think that is a reason to stop celebrating what has been accomplished. The courageous story of the few people who gathered a few decades ago for that first furtive two-block march, some of them masked for self-protection, reminds me of just how far we've come. Some of you won't know this, but for probably 25 or 30 years, there's been a group of men who have met in this church back in the old building. They were all gay. Almost none of them were out. And they, they were called prime timers. And that group asked us, and our board willingly acceded, that when they met once a month on Sunday afternoons, we booked no other events. For their security, they had the church all to themselves. And if you go into our garden out front, you'll see a gift 
a bench that was given to us by the prime timers in thanks for giving them space to meet and privacy to do it safely. That's one of the stories we need to celebrate as we come forward. They don't care anymore. They come in, they're all old guys now, they're like, you know, between 75 and 90, and they come in and play cribbage here once a month, and, you know, they don't care if anybody's in the building anymore, because anybody who would have cared is probably dead. <laughs> and they're all retired, so they can't lose their jobs. But that's a story we need to celebrate. That's one of the pieces, one of the successes that I don't, that, that's the kind of thing that gets lost when we slice things too small. And I love the Pride Parade because watching the places of people who feel free and happy while expressing who they are always makes me smile. I don't know how it's all going to turn out, but it would be a shame if we didn't find some way to celebrate again in the future. In the meantime, I am tremendously proud of you guys, proud of our UCE youth group for stepping up and deciding that they wanted to offer this service. As I said, honored to have been asked to participate. This has long been this congregation's issue. And this is a respectful way to bear witness without overstepping our place as an allied institution. You were given in your order of service a closing hymn. There it is. A cleansing rage, once again by Jason Shelton. And uh, we're just doing two verses. Yes. So I'd like to invite you to stand and join in singing two verses in a cleansing rage. I know this isn't on the order of service, but I have a really quick story. So I take voice lessons with my choir conductor, Heather. She drives me to choir after. So it's like every Thursday I have this kind of like family dinner with her family. I get to stand in and be a member of their family. So she has two kids. Um, one of them is 10 and the other is five. And we were driving. We were in the car. I was on my phone and I was messaging someone. And this little girl goes, is that, is that your boyfriend? And I was like, no. And she goes, he looks like your boyfriend. I was like, no. And she goes, do you have a boyfriend? I said, no. She goes, do you have a girlfriend? I was like, no, but I appreciate how open-minded you are. <laughs> the closing words are, may we live in the spirit of pride by Elizabeth Ketchum.
With gratitude for the freedom to be our true authentic selves, may we live in the spirit of pride. With the courage that comes with cha- from challenging fear, may we live in the spirit of pride. With sorrow for those who could not be here with us today, and in honor of those who died of AIDS or who lost their lives, may we live in the spirit of pride. With grief for those whose pain was unbearable and who left us too soon, may we live in the spirit of pride. Looking ahead to the justice still withheld, may we live in the spirit of pride. With the confidence that a sense of community banished, banishes isolation and loneliness, may we live in the spirit of pride. With a rainbow flag flying high, a sense of beloved community among us, and the joy that comes from making new connections, may we live in the spirit of pride. Now please join us in singing Carry the Flame. Um, please stand and hold hands if you are willing and able. <laughs> Okay, we're going to listen to a postlude, and while that is happening, anyone who would like to come up and add some color to our pride candle, please feel free to do that. It doesn't matter if you love him, or capital H-I-M, M, 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 M. Just put your paws up, because you were born this way, baby. My mama told me when I was young, we're all on superstars. She pulled my hair with my lipstick on in a glass of purple dry. There's nothing wrong with loving who you are, she said, cause it made you perfect, babe. So hold your head up, girl, and you'll go far. Don't be a drag, just be a queen. Don't be a drag, just be a queen. Don't be a drag. Give yourself prudence and love your friends. Subway can rejoice the truth. And the religion of the insecure. I must be myself, respect my youth. A different love is not a sin. Believe capital H.
drag, just be a queen. Whether you're broke or evergreen, your black, white, face show la descent. Your Lebanese, your Orient. Whether like disabilities left you outcast for leader teased, rejoice and love yourself today. Cause baby, you were born no this way. No matter gay, straight or bi, lesbian, transgender, life on the right track. Baby, I was born to survive. No matter black, white, or beige,